2: Hey, everybody. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. Thank you for listening to the Holderness Family Podcast.
1: We are so happy you chose to spend time with us.
2: Yeah, and it's it's our favorite time. It is. Right? We do a lot of things, including driving carpool for 17 hours a day. Wow. It's real, guys. uh, Spending some time on the computer writing and editing and sitting in front of a camera acting crazy. But this can kind of just... You may even notice it in our voice. Can you ever tell in our voice that we're a little more... A little more relaxed. We
1: we love this time with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. It is our favorite time. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review if you don't mind. That would be amazing. Here's a recent review from Crystal. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and I wanted to let you know that you've helped me. I relate to many of your topics in daily life you express, anxiety, ADHD, her son, among others. Your podcast is full of information at times, funny, emotional, and I can listen and relax or ponder. Thank you. Thank you, Crystal.
2: Hopefully you'll do all three. Hopefully you'll listen, relax, ponder. You might laugh a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes inappropriately at things that aren't really funny. (laughs) That's okay. We're not judging you. We can't hear you. We can't. You can do whatever you want to. Right. But you can hear us. It's not fair. It's not fair, We have to be very buttoned up.
1: Anyway, this week's episode is inspired by a chapter in our book where we talk about a fight we had when I suggested writing a musical together. Here's what happened and why sometimes saying I'm sorry just sucks. We covered a lot of topics in that chapter around disagreements with your partner and how to make them feel heard. But today we're going to break down why you should just stop saying I'm sorry when things go wrong and we're gonna tell you what you should say instead. And
2: let's start with this. I'm sorry. Sometimes you say it without even realizing you're say it. That's how much we say it as a culture right now. Okay. And as a group.
1: Absolutely. And let's just put out the disclaimer. When when you are in the wrong, you should apologize. Yeah. But I think that you and I were both in this habit of saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it, 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 like it's a magic wand. Like, we, just don't be mad at me, I'm sorry. And and we were saying I'm sorry to make ourselves feel better, More well, more than trying to understand each other.
2: Yeah, I, I think people say I'm sorry for different reasons and it always means more than just those two words, mm-hmm. right? So for some people, I'm sorry means I'm sorry, but here comes the thunder. Right. Like I'm acknowledging what you're saying, but not really, because here comes how I feel. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying it just to try to end things. So we'll get into all that.
1: Right. And I think that we had this fight. We've had many
2: fights. Sure. Guys. We wrote a book about it.
1: Uh, but up until this point in our marriage where we were really getting some help dissecting our arguments, there was one time in particular I mentioned on our I had a glass of wine. We were on our way home. And I said, hey, honey, wouldn't it be fun to write a musical together?
2: I was driving, by the way. Correct.
1: <laughs> and I be. was swerving through the road. <laughs> and you're like, you kind of you kind of stared off for a second. And you go, do you think that's really the best use of your time? And I was all, to set the scene, I was getting all daydreamy. And my very favorite thing to do is be like, where do you see yourself in five years? So it was getting, being all like fun and daydreamy. And he just like, boom. Just cut me off. I did not handle it well. I asked him to start the car, stop the car. We were about 50 yards from our house. We were really close. And we could we I could walked, almost see our house. Yes. And I yeah. walked the rest of the way. I wanted to get out of the car because I was so mad. I walk up and he's like, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He didn't know even what he was really sorry for. Yeah. We'll,
2: we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Or we could get to it now. Yeah, let's get to it now. What I was going to do was kind of like, I was going to let you go ahead and explain the actual events and then go back to what was going on in each of our minds. So the actual events, if you were to report this as a policeman is looking at an incident report, man says, isn't that the best use of her time? Woman gets out of car, walks home. Man drives next to woman, apologizes. Woman doesn't listen. Woman's listening. Woman doesn't acknowledge. Mm -hmm. Man apologizes again. Man apologizes again. Woman goes inside. This is interesting. And starts cleaning. I remember that. You were like, this place is a mess. Because you were just, you were just, you were upset. And the place probably was a mess. Mm -hmm. Man continued to apologize. Man continued to apologize. That's it, right? That's what happened. But what was going on in each of our minds were two totally different things. You know?
1: I wanted to. Have some fun and to daydream and to by agreeing to it, never would have meant that. Right that m- minute, we needed to write a musical. I just had that wouldn't it be fun, and I am so never the fun one. I'm I'm never the one that gets to have the fun, crazy ideas. So I felt like the minute I was, I was being shot down. Sure, right.
2: I had. I was. I was feeling already before you said anything. A fair amount of stress and was being as supportive as I could of quite a few different ambitions that you'd been having at that Mm -hmm. time, Um, which is why I when I said I'm sorry, I didn't know what I was sorry for. Mm -hmm. I actually thought that I handled that in the um, I know that I didn't at this point, but at the time I thought I handled it pretty well because you had taken on two new businesses Mm -hmm. that you were doing, um, both of which were in their kind of early phase where there was definitely not any profit. We weren't really sure where they were going to land up. We were spending a fair amount of money on like like these kind of prototypes for products. And at the same time, you were starting a whole other kind of online course. Some of these things have panned out well. Some of them we haven't done a whole lot with, but on top of all of these things, I heard that and what I was going on in my head, you know, sometimes things are going on in your head and you're like, you know what, I'm not gonna say that. What was going on in my head was, oh my gosh, we can't take on another thing right now. Mm -hmm. We are so busy, she's even more busy than I am. This is too much. Mm -hmm. And what came out of my mouth was, are you sure that's the best use of your time? So some mistakes that I made, number one, I was projecting on her and talking about her. What I should have been talking about is my feelings. I should have said, I feel really overwhelmed with a lot of the things that we're doing right now. Is there, it, Would it be possible for us to have this conversation when, when our lives are a little more still? Mm-hmm. I think that would have worked better. Totally valid. That's it. So here's the thing. In my head, those are the exact same. This is what counseling does for you. Mm-hmm. It's Those are the exact same things. And one of them led to you getting out of a car and walking mm-hmm. away. And then me profusely apologizing. So let's get to the I'm sorry part. Mm-hmm. Why was I apologizing, Kim?
1: You don't like it when people are upset with you
2: and i can't, i can't I can't stand
1: it right, and you, up until this point in counseling, would just say, "I'm sorry" so that I wouldn't be mad at you mm-hmm. and you wanted to end this argument plus any other, you didn't mind if it meant it was your fault. But what it did, it was prematurely ending a discussion that we needed to, that have. We needed to have. And now we both not prematurely just, ended the discussion. Let's, well, let's make oh, that clear. I, I did not handle it well. No, I did not handle this well at all. Um, just by shutting down. That's kind of my MO. That's my, my fight style is that it shut down. And I, I, my feeling is if I don't get out of this car right now or if I, don't, if I say something right now, it's going to be a mistake. So I'm just not going to say anything. But this fight plus a thousand others by the premature apologies, you never really get to the end of it. So you keep having the same fight over and over again. Right. Um, Yeah. So we were both angry. I
2: was, I was apologizing while angry because I didn't understand why you were so mad. Mm -hmm. You were angry for your own reasons. Um, And in the end, the problem with trying to fix it so quickly is that you lose that opportunity to really understand why your partner is upset. So, we talked a ton about this in our book, because when you don't understand your partner, it threatens your attachment theory. I'm, I'm sorry, it threatens your secure attachment. I used the word attachment theory because it was this this book that I didn't read the whole thing, but when I, I did some research on it when we were writing the book. This guy named Murray Bowens, who um, wrote about attachment theory, which is, I think, Traditionally, is the, uh, the attachment between a mother and her child or a parent and her child and what a secure attachment looks like versus an insecure attachment. And when there is an insecure attachment, what sort of protest behavior comes from it? That's a mother and a child relationship. And a lot of more modern therapists and philosophers have discovered that that attachment theory doesn't just apply to a parent and their child, it, it, it applies to couples when they're doing this. And so that protest behavior, the example for a mother and her child is you tuck a kid in, you say, I'm always going to be there for you. I'll see you later. The child doesn't feel that or understand it. Their protest behavior is what? When you walk out of the room. They cry. They cry.
1: So But a securely attached child knows you're going to return. They know that you are will be there. I mean, it's not the best example because our kids, you know, we're kind of hot messes. But they know they're going to come back. So... Couples with secure attachment are really in tune with what each other needs. Um, They face those difficulties head on. They feel like they have control over their own lives. So while we operate together as a couple, I think we each know that we have to put our oxygen mask on first. Right. Like we each have we have to take care of ourselves as individuals so that we can come together and be. A strong, dynamic couple. And I think in that, it helps us fully accept and feel accepted by each other.
2: And also expressing your feelings in like a healthy way.
1: And knowing. So I know if I come to you and I say, I'm really upset about this or I, I know now I can talk to you now because I've there's things that have nothing to do with you that make me upset and I can say to you I'm having a really high anxiety day right now I can't with life right now and I just I'm upset for no reason I had like a panic attack in at Whole Foods like three weeks ago. And we ha- we were like running by Whole Foods for something that had nothing to do with anything, but it was a really busy day. And I just, I called him and he's like, I'm trying to get marinara sauce or something. And I'm like, I'm in aisle three. You're going to have to come get the cart because I'm going out to the car. I have no idea why this is happening to me right now, but this is what I'm feeling. And I'm just going to need some time. And you were Superman and didn't Again, this wasn't caused by a fight within our marriage, but you fully accepted my feelings and I felt comfortable where I think in the beginning of our marriage, I would have tried to push through. I would have tried to, like, this is so stupid. I can handle this. I can handle this. I can handle this. But I felt so safe with you to tell you, I have no idea what this is happening to me. I need to go. I need to be home right now. Um, And you... We were able, like, I felt very safe having those conversations with you.
2: And we got to that point in our marriages by being around each other for 15 years, by accelerating that through working and living together for seven years, which, you know, COVID was a breeze for us. It was the same as it was (laughs) before then. uh, And also by going to counselors and learning about these things. So it's this this didn't naturally come about the one natural thing is that we do really enjoy getting to know each other and we enjoy knowing things about each other so i i like being the person that you turn to and i like being the person that knows when you're when you're in trouble
1: and i think part of that is just knowing that you're not going to judge me or think that i'm weak or and that i and i i do believe in the beginning of our marriage i would have been concerned with how you what you thought about me. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why the postpartum depression I had with Lola, we didn't even really talk about it because although you were 100% the most supportive spouse and con- continue to be, I didn't want to admit that I was struggling because I didn't want you to think I wasn't capable of being a mom that you would think less of me because I was struggling. Well, we were still just kind of sticking our chest out at each other and saying, Look at how impressive I am Right. That
2: goes be that that kind of bleeds into post wedding days sometimes. Yeah. And it's funny looking back on it that way because in my dad who was also her marriage counselor early on, he calls it walking on eggshells, right? Well, he, we had
1: one session before we got married because that's, he, that's true, he, but he, ma- he made it, he, but he and I talked it was about mandatory it. Okay. if he was going to be our preacher, we had to meet with him.
2: How about this? Yes. He was my counselor. Yes. Like, okay. we, we talked about it, just okay. like you talked to your mom about things, just about kind of puffing your chest out and saying that this is perfect. So that makes sense that you early on in your in your days may have said, look, I can handle this. Look, I'm impressive. This is the woman that you fell in love with. This is the woman you married. I don't want to sell you a false bill of goods. Right. The fight that we had on the way home after Kim's glass of wine was an insecure attachment and it was a protest behavior. It was this acting out. And there's here's some of the examples, the two biggest examples from what we just talked about were saying whatever it takes to make things better. I'm raising my hand mm-hmm. or running away
1: from conflict. It, that was my fight style. I yeah. would just... Or shutting down. Or shutting down. Yeah. So shutting down or giving up without a real discussion, I think is a perfect example of an insecure attachment that you would rather not say anything, delay this conversation than actually you don't feel safe enough to have the discussion or pushing buttons or playing with your partner's insecurities. One of the things that Christopher marriage coach taught us is that you know your partner better than anyone. You know what hurts them more than anyone, so don't do it. Yeah, I, I, you know how to, you would know how to hurt my feelings in in an instant. More than anybody else, right? Like you know yeah. what my insecurities Isn't are. Isn't that
2: crazy? The person who is the most important person in your life knows how to cut you the deepest,
1: right? And so, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do
2: it, and that's the end of that advice. Right. Just, just don't just, do just it. Just don't. We don't have do to say that. anymore.
1: Um, and so, but I, I see it a lot with for a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to Bluenile.com. That's Bluenile.com.
0: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
1: May is Mental Health Awareness Month and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy.
2: Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or even exhilarating. But one thing's for certain, if you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist you will gain insights and uncover truths that you can only find in therapy.
1: Get those personal breakthroughs and judgment-free support by signing up for Talkspace.
2: At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours.
1: There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up child care in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care made easy.
2: Talkspace is also affordable and in-network with most major insurers.
1: To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness.
2: To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness to get $80 off your first month with code
1: space eighty and to show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Holderness with code SPACE80. In these very tense fights can really hurl some insults that, oh, God, I mean, like, all you have to do is turn on the TV, like any reality show, Yeah. the names they call each other. How many
2: secure attachments do you think there are in high school these days? What do you mean? Uh, or college. I'm just trying to think about like kind of the drama that's going on around <laughs> the lives of our kids as what far do you as mean? just like knowing how to like tag onto people's insecurities. I just don't. I,
1: Within friendships. Yeah. You mean?
2: I, I'm just sitting here thinking I'm I don't think there's a lot of super secure attachments. There's I mean, how many teenagers are, are, can face difficulty head on and feel like they have control of their own lives and fully accept and feel fully accepted. This is really kind of a high end thing you've got to learn after a lot of time. When it, it comes takes to relationships practice for
1: sure, I yeah. hope we've equipped our children enough to know yeah. who to feel safe around, yeah, but how do
2: you equip them with the- the relationship?
1: No, that's just trial and error, uh, yeah,
2: I, I guess that's all i'm saying i'm I'm looking back at some of my high school friendships and relationships, and there were, i mean I think the real secure attachments for me happened when I was uh, in college, and I like really got in the thick of it with fraternity brothers, and I know that sounds like such a bro thing to say, but It it was a good way to build secure attachments with people. And these guys are some of my oldest friends because Because it made you feel safe. Yes. We see each other
1: and you feel safe. Yeah.
2: And when I did that keg stand and threw up in his, you know, and I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I, I I think that's what, it just takes time and it takes the bond over shared experiences. Sure. I'm sorry. I was ADHDing there, but I was, I just started thinking about my daughter Mm -hmm. because she's going to this school
2: with 2000 people now. And it's like her first real big experience. And I'm just sitting here hoping, I know that's not what this podcast is about, that we have equipped her. And even if we haven't, that that she knows what she's looking for when it comes to a secure attachment in a relationship.
1: In our last podcast, you told a story about how Lola... um one of the reasons why uh, you quit your job um, was because Lola, you just never saw the kids at all. And you would you would race. I think your dinner break started at 830 at night. And the kids, I mean, they were little, so they were in bed. So you would race upstairs to wake them up to say goodnight. And it's, or hopefully it,
2: they'd be like barely awake. Barely, yeah.
1: But one night, I think you were delayed coming home. Something happened and you didn't get. And I, and I probably said, can you just let the kids sleep, please? And so I probably said, don't go up there. And so apparently Lola told Penn this story recently. yesterday yes that there was a time when she was little and she stayed awake just crying waiting for you to come up to say goodnight to her I'm like first of all it's manipulative <laughs> second of all so maybe she didn't feel this like super secure attachment maybe this was like a um, man I was sure tried hard I know I'll I think she, I think our kids They they know they can depend on us they they know that and uh, I hope so to the point where I'm like they eventually need to learn how to take care of themselves right because we are literally doing everything for them
2: the clock is is ticking on that faster than you think I mean oh she's gonna have a learner's permit in Stop. potentially seven months Stop talking pretty soon about it. so no, I'm just speaking the truth here
1: I do not have a secure attachment I would like to I keep telling her I'm like She'll bring up college because I think a lot of she made a tennis team with there's some seniors and they are talking about places they're applying and stuff like that. So she'll bring it up. And I'm like, where are we going, honey? Because, you know, I'm going I'm going to I'm just going to go with you. But I'll be the cool mom. I'll be the cool mom. It's quite fine. We can share clothes. Are
2: are we going to get to a point where we're going to need to kind of slow our roll? What do you mean? On those jokes about
1: how I'm going to be here? She and, knows. Okay. And honestly, I are uh, my one of my dear friends is our neighbor, and we go on walks together. And she has a son who's now starting his second year in college. So like, she's us, and for and then her daughter's a junior. So she's just farther down the road than we are and Lola I got really emotional when Lola we dropped Lola off at high school I'm gonna try not to cry thinking about it because this is already I mean it's been what a week or two and yeah,
2: starting to feel like it
1: it's starting it's like it's going by so fast and I know we're gonna blink and we're gonna be recording the podcast about dropping her off at college so I know it's gonna go by so fast and so I, I got you know we're walking I was like I had tears in my eyes like I don't Like, this is just going so fast. And then she gave me the best kind of words of motivation. She's like, but then your life gets to start again. And not that we've put our lives on hold for our children, but much of what we do surrounds our ch- what our children want or need. Sure, we've definitely not put our relationship on the back burner,
2: but we're literally doing it right now. This is a podcast about us talking about our relationship, and we have it has been derailed by us talking <laughs> about our kids. We are putting our lives literally on hold in this podcast right now, and <laughs> started doing this.
1: But then I'm the one who started it. I know, but then we get to then we get to discover. Who we are in this next phase of our lives.
2: Oh, me and you? Yeah. It's going to be in Hawaii for several weeks oh or months. I'll tell you that much. Right? We're going right. to Hawaii. Please. I mean, I... uh um, Yeah. Chickens in the backyard. That's my plan.
1: So, um, anyway, let's <laughs> back get back to, to, to... So, back to us. So, we were talking about um, secure attachments, non-secure attachments, why saying I'm sorry sometimes sucks. With the disclaimer that a true and honest apology is very much needed yeah. sometimes. So, and we and because we have both stopped saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, just to end the conversation. When we do apologize, it's way more authentic yeah. and way more effective. Really quick
2: fixes to everything that went on. Okay. I already told you the first one. when When Kim talked about her dreams and I said, uh, are you sure it's the best use of your time? I probably should have told her about my feelings
0: mm-hmm.
2: or at least validate that I'd heard what she had just said. Something like, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Kim probably should not have gotten out
1: of the car. Uh, yeah, Rolling out of a moving vehicle. Not it's dangerous.
2: And um, And she was playing at my insecurities, which are being alone and being rejected. Mm-hmm. And she knew how to hurt me there. And when I was coming by, to try to apologize her as she left. I didn't need to say I'm sorry. I needed to say and this is straight up substitution between I'm sorry. Try it sometime. okay? instead of I'm sorry, just try it. Tell me more. No matter how mad she is, if she hears that, there's a good chance she's going to
1: tell you more. I think a lot of times we just need to be heard. Yeah. And I know it sounds super weird, but it has worked for us. And I know the comments we're going to get on this is my husband or my wife, they, you know, he, she, they never apologize. I would kill for him to apologize. So maybe this doesn't apply to you, but maybe there are some other actions that are happening that would really be benefited in these conversations. Just saying, tell me more. Yeah.
2: I mean, we'll make this, let's make this clear. And you've made it clear twice. This is a situation where I was apologizing to make something go away. And I know I'm not alone in doing this. Right. Sometimes it's not the guy.
1: No, I, that's what I'm saying. No, yeah. I, it, I think that women do this even just casually in Target, I'm my, my cart, we're, we're trying to get to the same you know protein bars and it's, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We do this in a society all the time. We just throw out, I'm sorry. Instead of saying no you go first. (laughs) I don't know why I'm sorry. Just has become it has lost so much of its impact Because we're saying it so much and I think when faced with a conflict or something we don't agree on Using language to better understand your partner has been so impactful for us. So questions Penn could have asked if i said hey i want to write a musical he's instantly overwhelmed which is very valid feeling he could (laughs) he could say tell me why this is important to you give me an example of what inspired this or what what you would want it to look like help me understand where you're coming from and always you could say, listen, right now I'm feeling very overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So it's even hard for me and to imagine And that's better this. than is that the best use of your time. Right. And it, so this for is hard sure. for me to have this conversation. It's hard for me to even picture this conversation. But can you tell me why this is so important to you?
2: Let me tell you this. I'm going to say this right now. And this is a longer route. It is an easier route in the end because your result is you're going to feel heard and your partner is going to feel heard. ADHD people are trying to get to the finish line here, right? Mm -hmm. And what's the finish line for me? I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this. You can't take that route. You just can't. And you particularly can't take that route by saying, is that the best use of your time and projecting back to the other person? You've got to do the work and ask some questions and find out more about where this person is coming from before jumping to conclusions or making assumptions, which I also did at that time, making an assumption that that you um, are going to be totally busy and so swamped that you're not going to have time for me and for, for your family. And
1: that's what it came down to. And I, don't you think that most fights come down to that? Yeah. Like just this fear of abandonment fear, whatever your, your most insecure feelings are. Yeah. That's what most fights circle around. Sure, It's
2: about being alone. So I made that assumption. You know, you should never assume cause it makes, or, you know, it makes what? You should never make assumptions because it makes an awesome out of (laughs) pishans. Isn't that the saying? Yeah. It should be. It makes an awesome out of petitions.
1: (laughs) Um, And I think that One thing I will say about this is it really does suck sometimes because sometimes I would just like Penn to apologize so we could move on. But instead, he actually wants to have a deep conversation about something. And it's so annoying. Sometimes I just really enjoyed an apology.
2: (laughs) Well, you just ruined that with this chapter.
1: (laughs) I know. I have to say there are some. Don't you think there's a happy medium there, though? There is. No. And I I, you're you're. We, we were I don't taking- want to have a
2: discussion about our... How often do I want to have a discussion about our feelings, by the way?
1: But I, I do think it it has gotten us out of this rut of having the same fight over and over and over again, because we actually have the hard conversations when things are presented. But there are sometimes, times, oh my God, I just... What am just saying? I'm sorry so we can move on. Um, and you can do that.
2: It can be really quick. So it could be, hey, I hear what you're saying. Um this is i mean y- this is a peacetime situation not a wartime situation um you know what i hear you um i feel differently why don't we move on mm-hmm. we've gotten to the point where we're mature enough to say that
0: right
1: I we don't... are we are also very selective about when we fight so and uh, peace time yeah. meaning that like things are calm in our life um and we do have the time to 20 minutes to set aside to have a discussion Wartime is not meaning that like we are guns blazes like like but we're in, in we're, we're in the trenches. We're in the stuff trenches. Like on. I have to leave in four minutes to go make a carpool line. Yeah, you don't have do to. It then. You have this deadline. We're not. This is wartime. We can't have this conversation right now. So,
2: well, okay. So we've learned. We've learned a lot. We got to. We got through some nice steps, and then Kim ended it with maybe just you don't want to hear any of it. I so love that was you. great. And uh, but I think it's good that you say that because there is a happy medium. Yeah. Thanks for putting a button on that. That that's <laughs> that'll be our next book. <laughs> I don't want to hear any of your bleep.
1: <laughs> could you just apologize you so we can move on? I'm too tired. Can we just move on? Do you on? think the publisher would like this? This this book is going to be at four pages. <laughs> and it's going to be like, if my husband could just apologize. Or like so the I can. chapter
2: starts and then it just abruptly stops because you want to go to bed. Oh, I know. And then we move on.
0: I There's got to be some way to
2: sleep.
1: do that. Does anybody else leave their bed in the morning and you're like... I just kind of pat my pillow and I'm like, I'll see you soon. Like I so desperately love my sleep. I know you do
2: baby. Um, I, uh, I, I do not. I, 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 man, I'm getting old. I make these noises and then I go, I have this thing now where I'm sitting and I don't have to poop, but I'm sitting on the toilet <laughs> when I go to pee just for a, sit, for a little sit and pee. Cause I don't want to stand up. I'm a little too tired. And I bring my phone in there with me. Oh, and is. sometimes I'm there long enough that one of my legs goes numb. <laughs> And then when I stand up, it's like maybe I did some squats the day before. I don't know what it is, but like either my back, my knee or just my muscles hurt every single morning. So, yeah, I'd like to be asleep all the time. Also, mm-hmm. I think I'm losing hearing in my left ear.
1: You you probably need to go see an ear
2: person. So I put the headphones on in my left ear for yeah. the first part of this podcast. And I'm like, oh, this isn't I can barely hear it. Because it's only coming out of one ear. Yeah. And I, and I turned to my right ear. I'm like,
1: oh, I can hear this fine. Yeah, You. I think you probably need to go see. Do I need to go see an ear, nose, and throat doctor? Yes. I think you may have just. <clears throat> yeah, you, you You. have a lot of headphones on a lot. It's a lot. Of, and you have earbuds in a lot. Yeah? Yeah, we'll a okay. little we'll ear damage. So we're going to go see a doctor.
2: Um, <laughs> because I, I can only hear out of one side of my face. Um, and we're going to see how that goes. And we're going to be back with you guys next week. Thanks for listening. So
1: this is, I mean, this podcast, it was a journey. It was. It was a journey. I apologize for nothing. My
2: favorite part was where <laughs> we literally stopped talking about our relationship to worry about our kids. I mean. <laughs> Just without even realizing when, it.
1: I mean, but when do you stop worrying about your kids? Never. I think like my mom is always worried about me. Like you never stop worrying about your kids. No. They don't right. tell you that. No. They don't tell you that, like, you're going to be worried about another human that you can't control until they take you out of the house in a pine box.
2: Right. Or you lose the mental capacity to worry about anything. Yeah. One of those, whichever one comes first.
1: Yeah. Like, we're, we're, oh, God, we are so screwed.
2: Anyway, so we hope you enjoyed this podcast <laughs> about our relationship. And if it's straight a bit, it's just the season that we're in. One of us now has to go pick one of them up and the other one has to pick the other the one up and take them to two different directions so love you babe love you guys thanks for listening we'll see you next week